find the words for themselves. Find, find the things that people in their lives and their age group and moms and, and, and young guys and older men and older women and everyone to, to see what they struggle with. And I thought it was really cool how, how a lot of them connected. A lot of the women, no matter how old they were, how, how young they were, they connected. And um, I'll go into this a little bit, but <clears throat> let me... Uh, I want to open tonight. I want to read something in the Bible tonight. The, my message is called 2020. I've been speaking a lot about the last couple of times I've been up about, about what God has for us. Um, how this next for Christians, this next 2020 is going to be different than 2017, 18, and 19 for our lives. And um, so I want to read here is from Exodus 13, 17. I want to, uh, it says here, this reminds you what I'm going to go into here with these here tonight is when Pharaoh, well, actually, let me start here before I do this is because I've been a children's pastor for so long, lot, I, I'm actually going to read this, but I'm going to try to stay as close as I can to what it says. But I, sometimes I read other things into it. So I may paraphrase a little bit. So excuse me, but it says when, when Pharaoh finally let the people go and actually when I was reading this, I thought, when 2019 finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Isn't that funny now that we're coming to the end of 2019? I call it funny because I know there's been a lot of tears shed and a lot of things going on, but how God never takes us usually the shortest route. He usually takes us the longest route. And that's kind of what, if you notice some of the dates on these bags, some of the things they've been carrying and all of us been carrying. One of the things that touched me so much is I was watching my son, I was watching my wife, and I was watching Tony and Quinn is, is that I was seeing things from people in my past, seeing things from myself, things that I used to carry, things that they used to be in my life. And so... Um, and how long I carried them, and how long I saw other people, friends, and them carry things. <clears throat> and it says, well, I got a question for you. Who thinks in this room, you don't have to raise your hand, maybe you do, who thinks 2019 has been a long route? It's been a long route for me, and I know that it's been a long route for a lot of you guys. Um, but anyways, it says here, the reason that he didn't usually take them the shortest route, God said, if the people are faced with a battle they can't handle, they might change their minds and return to, to bondage, Egypt. I know there is people in this room tonight, I know of several of them, that I've talked to in the last couple of weeks that 2019 was a very, very, very long route to them. Very similar to 2018. And... I know some people, my, some other people that have been talking to me that 2018, they barely made it out of 2018 and now they're in 2019. There are some things in my life, several things that I've gone through at this church since I've been here in 15 years that, you know, sometimes something that takes a week seems like a month, something that takes, it seems like it goes so longer. And there's things that we've gone through in this church in the last 10 years that sometimes that things have seems like they take a little longer. 
And I think that, I'll go into this, but, and I think the devil wanted me to believe when I got here that he has, he wants to trick us and make us think that things are harder than they really are. It says here, um, there, are th- there are some things, there are some things that my, I've gone through, something my wife has gone through, that are long, that didn't take that long, but things were very long. Um, my daughter being born, she was a preemie, and I remember the really cool thing was, is I was a terrified father, I didn't let her know that, my daughter was born, but I remember my wife praying and asking as we were going through this, instead of praying, why is this happening? Why? She was praying, what am I supposed to get out of this, God? What, what, there's something here for me. What, I want to know what it, why is this so hard? Not because, oh, boo-hoo me. It's that time in our life. See, the devil would have made her try to, I was thinking, she's never going to have kids again going through this. And says, uh, and, and she never did do that. It says here, verse 18 says, so God led them in a roundabout way. In my life, lots of times, and I know a lot of your guys is, isn't that funny how God takes us in the roundabout way? I, my plan is, I have a plan in business or I plan my life, and it's A, B, C, D. And it never goes A, B, C, D. It always goes, and I think the reason God does that in our lives, that it doesn't go the way we plan, is so that we can't take any of the glory for it. We, I mean, if, if it went A, B, C, D, then it would be, it would be all me. So, and it says, through the wilderness towards the Red Sea, thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. God was taking them through the wilderness. When he took them through this, I mean, these were, these were people that Israelites, they left believing that they had a promise and there was a and there was a promised land. They were going somewhere and exactly what they were going to do. And, and the journey that they were going on, most of the time would have taken 11 days. And so God was taking them through the wilderness. He was trying to give them something. How many people feel like when they're going through the wilderness, um, wilderness is a torture. Wilderness is, is not fun when, I'm, when I go through it. And, I, and I'm sure it's not with you guys, but... but the wilderness, God doesn't take us through the wilderness, and he didn't take these people through the wilderness for punishment. When he takes you through the wilderness, the wilderness is always for purity. These people were slaves. They were leaving a horrible, horrible life. They were slaved, slaves. They had a bondage mentality because generations had been slaves. God couldn't get them to see what he wanted them to see. God took them out of Egypt, took them out of slavery, took them out of the place, took them out of bondage. But the place, Egypt, the bondage, they were still there. God takes us through wilderness not to punish, but to purify the things that will not be allowed in the promised land. The mistakes we make as we start to feel lonely Let me get this. Lonely and being alone are two separate things. 
God says he'll never leave us and never forsake us. And so the mistakes we make sometimes is that sometimes we feel lonely, and that's the devil. Sometimes he separates us so that we are alone, so that he can give us something to purify us, to help us. To, and in, in fact, they used to call it uh, sanctification. How many people feel like when they're going through their wilderness, when their businesses, when their marriages, their relationships, school, work, it's not because he wants you to be alone. It's not because he wants you to be lonely. He wants you to be alone when he's taking you through those things. So he can speak to you, so he can talk to you, so he can do something in your life. That's what these last few years have been all about. It's hard to change something when it's straight in your face. Some of us barely made it through 18, 2018, carrying our baggage, and now it's 2019. Grace carried us from 2018 to 2019. God is saying that grace got us through that, but obedience is going to get us through 2019. When you are going through the desert, God wants to reveal things to you. This is the time when you start to show you things, the things you don't even know you're carrying, like these bags. I'm sure that, that several of these people, I'm sure that the, the young lady, Quinn, that was up here, the young lady, I'm sure that she didn't even realize all the bags she was carrying. She just thought, oh, this is, this is life. This is what life's supposed to be hard. And so, and I, and I think that the mom who is carrying things, I think that she, you know, moms are these special people that try to carry everything for the family. And I don't even think she realized until an epiphany and she looked down and saw the Bible that as moms do is that they don't have to carry those things either, but they try to. They carry them for all their kids. They carry them for their husbands. They, they carry them for friends. They carry them for everyone. Um, that's why it's so important as Christians that we remember the wilderness, wilderness is a purification, the time to get rid of baggage. When we're, when we're lonely or when we're alone and there's no one around and, and we're, we're married, but we're going through something that our wife can't help us through. Or when you're single and you're going through and all your friends can't help you with, those are the things when he's trying to, to give you something. That's when you need to realize that you need to, you need to pick, get into your Bible. You need to get into the Word. A couple weeks, or last Sunday, I asked my brother for a, 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 a bishop did a couple CDs. I don't know if everyone remembers them, and, and some of you don't. Um, he did some CDs on healing, and uh, he did a CD on uh, promises of God. Uh, what? Yeah, he, it wasn't a teaching. It was, it was just he spoke the verses. He spoke the promises of God, and he repeats them, and then goes to the next one, and goes to the next one. And I happened to pop it in, and Jeff, and I said, Jeff, Jeff got me a copy from someone here. And um, I told him that, uh, um, I mean, I was energized. I'm, I'm listening to the CD, and I get out like 15 minutes later, and I, I couldn't believe because it, I had forgotten we get so busy in our life and forgotten that sometimes we forget those things. And so because of that, um, I was listening to that. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I've had a rough week, a long week. 
And I thought, oh, it's been a, you know, it's been a, an up and down year. Okay, I got through it. I'm glad it's 2020 as we're getting to where we're going. And um, it reminded me that God has something for us in 2020 different than 2018, 2019, and 2020. 2020, we are going to receive those promises. This will be a year for us like no other. It reminds me of my, I want to give you guys some, I call it uh, wilderness survival tips. Because all of us are going to go through the wilderness. And my dad has a friend, um, or my dad's passed away now, but he had a friend, his name was Bo Greitz. And he used to have these like, seminars you go you go for the weekend and he would tell you okay this is what leg on the scorpion to eat if you're ever trapped in the wilderness this will be the best leg to eat this has the most nourishment or he'd tell you what color snow not to drink okay he'd tell you all kinds of he'd tell you if you were in the wilderness he'd do these shows he would do these seminars and you'd go and you'd live in the wilderness for two days no drink water or drink whatever things you drink, you have your drink out of, out of cactuses and things you'd collect. But he would talk to you about surviving in the wilderness. And I think that we're kind of like those people right now. This has been a tough couple years, man. But, but we are coming to, we're coming out of this right now. And I wanted you guys to, I want to talk about five things that, that we need to keep in mind. The first one is what happened to me. The first one is we need to rehearse the promises of God. We so often, you need to get a copy of C, you need to get your head in the Bible. I have people go up to me all the time and they'll go up and tell me, they'll say, oh, Pastor Matt, uh, and I'll say something to them and they'll go up and tell me, oh, Pastor Matt, I, I, don't, oh, I don't hear God like that. I said, well, put your head in the Bible. Get a CD, listen to these things. There's promises of God and it says, the problem with the children of Israel, they did not rehearse the promises of God they were already given. Before they were taken out of Egypt, they had a promise given to Abraham and Isaac. They were going to be given a land that flows of milk and honey. They were given provision there, abundance there. Their future was there. They knew that God had promised them that, and they left. Some Christians, these Israelites are kind of like some of us. They have like spiritual amnesia. Like we're sitting in church and I'll sit in church here and all of a sudden I'll go, oh man, oh, Pastor Barb, that is fantastic. Oh yes. But then two days later, I forget it. And I'm sitting at work beating my head on the wall or doing something. I think you guys are, some of the people in this room are kind of the same way. We forget the promises of God. Um. I knew that before I was born, um, I knew that God knew me before I was born. He knew everything about me. He knew the trials I'm going to go through, and he gave me the power and the ability to overcome it. But I just, I blank sometimes. And so that's why they're harder than they are. It says, um, 2020, I am, or I'm sorry, I am here telling you the first thing you need to do in the wilderness is to rehearse the promise what has he promised you? He's promised everyone in this room something. You just need to listen to the word and figure out what it is. One day, 
um, oh, several years ago. I actually ended up, was, I ended up buying some tickets to a Suns game. And I'd never been to a Suns game in the first two rows of the place. Um, I got there early because I didn't want to be crammed in the seats. I went down and I bought the, spent like 30 bucks for a drink and a hot dog. And uh, I was with someone else and I bought his drink and a hot dog. And I had, I went ahead and I, then I went down and I said, okay, where are my seats? And I went down and the lady says, oh yeah. And there, it was the first two rows, it, right on the, on the floor, on the wood of the floor. And I get down there and I'm, she says, oh, she's treating me like royalty. Well, I didn't know, the, I mean, I didn't read the ticket. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what it was. I didn't know what my benefits were. I didn't know what my rights were. I, I walked in thinking I needed to buy a, a $30 drink and a hot dog. And I get down there and she goes, oh no, no, sir. You get to have all this other stuff. I go, what? She goes, yeah, see those black curtains? Go to the room back there. And they had prime rib. They had shrimp. They had all the alcohol, drinks. You didn't have to pay for it, nothing when you went back there. But see, I didn't know what I was entitled to. And that's what we're doing. We need to rehearse. Either we forget them or we need to get, in our, get our heads in the Bible and figure out what they are. Because if not, we're going to do the exact same thing that I did. The other thing about rehearsing is that since I've been doing it, I, I put those CDs, I, every time I get in my car, I'm listening to them right now. Every time I get out of that car, I feel empowered. Every single time I step foot out of that thing. Um, it's kind of like your ABCs. I taught Nate his ABCs. When I taught Nate his ABCs, it wasn't A, B, C, D, E, F, G in the beginning. But the more he practiced them and the more he practiced them, the more he was able to do it. The more he did it without even thinking about it. And then he got to a point in time where he could teach someone else the ABCs. If you guys are ever around Mike Colson at any given point in time, you can feel like you're this low when you walk into a room and he'll come up to you and say, hey, what's going on, buddy? And this guy will start re rehearsing and speaking these, these words over you, these promises of God. And you're like, oh man, I, I knew that. Why did I not remember that? And this guy will sit there and tell you that and you're like, oh man, you're wanting to kick yourself in the butt because you, man, I, I, I knew these things. Why didn't I remember these things? So if you... Once you walk up to him, you're like all down, you're everything out, and then you leave him and you're great. You're feeling better. He's, and because the reason he's able to go to me and speak those and speak to these other men in this room is because he has rehearsed them, he has rehearsed them, he has rehearsed them, and he has rehearsed them. He's able to give them away to someone who needs them. Um... If all you do is rehearse your past, all you'll get is your past. If all you do is rehearse your failures, that's all you're going to get is more failures. If all, if all you do reduce is your pain, your shame, and your inadequacies, that's all you're going to get if you rehearse those. Um... The devil can't lie to you what you know. If you know it, he can't lie to you. 
in the wilderness is a time when you're to get rid of your baggage. Don't carry that baggage anymore and rehearse the promise. That's why the enemy tries to distract you from the word of God. I find, not me, because I'm not very social media, but, but I find that most people get more Facebook word than they do a per, internal word. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I'm not socially up there like everyone else is, but um, it's like a diet. Too much of anything can be harmful. The next thing we need to do is we need to get a different perspective. Reevaluate the problem. We need to get the right perspective. When you go through the wilderness, it's necessary to get a different perspective. Those people in Israel, they needed a different perspective. They, need, it, it, they didn't need to look at it as being desert. They didn't need to look at it as being longer than that. If you get a different perspective, if you do not get a different perspective, you will always fight what God has for you. God gives us a test and he tests us. And if we pass that test, then we're able to pass the next one. If, we're, if anyone's going through the wilderness right now and something is a problem, God is wanting you to go through this problem. He has something for you. You need to get a different perspective. I know this this lady, she doesn't go here, but I don't want to say her name because this is taped and I'm sure it might come back and haunt me. But she's worked at this place, I remember, 10 years ago. She came to me and she said, hey, I'm going, I have the most incredible job. I went to six years of college. I've got this incredible job working in this incredible place, but I've got to start out at the bottom because they want to raise me up into management and eventually I'll leave a store and I'll, I'll cover a bunch of stores. Um, and I can't mention the story either because that'll give away the person will know who she is. But um, she is, uh, she has been, she has been at the same company and only moved up one time in the last 10 years. I think the reason she took that job, she hates her job. For 10 years, she's complained about this job and complained about this job. And I think she absolutely, absolutely can't stand this job. The reason that she, the reason that she does this, has this job, I think that God wanted to give her, teach her humility. God's trying to teach her, teach her humility so that she could reach her purpose. Um, but she's not learned it yet, and that's why she's still there. <laughs> but if she had a different perspective... I can't, that's why I can't say her name, but, or where she works. But if she had a different perspective um, and she had someone in her life that had a sit down and shut up card with her, they could go to her and say, hey, we all, I have people in my life. And I think we need that sit up, that shut up and sit down card because it, they can come to us and speak to us and tell us, hey, you need to have a different perspective. We need to be able to, um, we need to be able to get to our purpose faster. If we keep fighting God and what he's doing, because she's there at this job, all she has to do is learn humility. That's what she's there for. Because she took this menial, six years of college, she took this job that she believed she was way above and thought she was just, and she'd be in it a month or two have this job. 
And now she's been in it and still in it and still in it. She's in it for the benefit. She's, she's still in this job. But, but if she in the wilderness as long as she's been in the wilderness. Um, I'm trying to, I know some of you guys in this room are praying and, want, and feeling like your, your prayers are bouncing back. Okay? Because you keep praying and praying for these things. And like this lady here, she thinks that because she's been there so long, she should have the job. But God isn't going to pass us on because of time served. Okay? The third thing we need to, we need to grasp is don't use poison. Okay? Um, when I speak about poison... I'm talking about complaining. These people of Israel, they weren't even three days out on the journey to the promised land, on something that might have taken three day, 11 days. They weren't even three days out and they started complaining. Okay? Their whole problem was they were complaining, complaining. In fact, they were complaining so much that God wanted to kill them all. I mean, this is our God of mercy and grace. And if it wouldn't have been, if it wouldn't have been for, uh, for Moses stepping in and interceding for them, uh, he'd have vaporized them all or something. He was fed up with it. So um, that's what we need to understand is that the wilderness is where we're going to get something. The wilderness is where we're going to get purified and so we need to not be in a position where we complain about those things. We, because, because we're complaining about what God's doing in our lives when we complain about that. Okay. Complaining is dangerous. The other reason complaining is we need to watch it and stay away from people that do it. Okay? Is that God, when you complain... Shortly, shortly, shortly after you start complaining, rebellion comes. Okay? And I've known some people at a church, and I'm not going to say what church, I'm not going to say what people, okay? But when they came, they started complaining. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, the music's too loud. Oh, the preacher's off. Oh, the parking lot is this. This is this. Oh, they all wear, they all wear different things. They complained about everything. And shortly after that, you notice that a group of people that complained started getting together. And then from there, even though, even though they were complaining, these are good people. They didn't realize what they were doing. I mean... We're so used to expressing how we feel that there's a difference between expressing how we feel and complaining. And then there's a really big thing about complaining about the wilderness and complaining about things in our life that God has to do with. So the children of Israel are a comp would have been in a complete different situation if they hadn't complained. If they would have started out on their trip three days, five days, 10 days in the trip and said, you know, if they would have just said, Lord, we are so tired of this manna, but we thank you for giving it to us. 
We're so tired of not having a home and moving every once in a while. But they need to, that's not what they did. They complained, they raised up. And if you noticed, shortly after the complaining started, what happened? They started making golden calves. They started worshiping other gods. Um, and you'll find that when complaining happens, we need to back away from it and get away from it because it, it sucks people into it. And it, it, it destructive to other relationships that you have. And I said that um, uh, I have been much, 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 even watching it, it doesn't mean to church, it doesn't mean to my life. I'm working really hard on that now to making sure that, hey, this, I mean, that everything that my tongue and my word, because they talk in the Bible about how our, our words can make such a big difference. And so I'm making sure that even the little things I try not to complain about. Okay. And the last thing we need to do is release the promise. There comes a time when God wants you to put his glory on display you're gonna to have to release the things out of your mouth that have not been seen or happened yet. Um, there was, I think about around two million people that left Egypt. Only two of six, two million people, only two made it in the promised land. Okay, and, and those are two people that release the promise. They remembered why they left Egypt. Those two people remembered why they left Egypt and they remembered, no, no, no. They didn't worry about the giants. They didn't worry about anything. They remembered the promise that they were given when they left. And when they, they went and they said, hey, no, 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 no. The other 10 said, oh gosh, these guys are big and there's all these things and all these things. They said, no, let's take it. They did, it wasn't even a question when we're gonna take it because it was already theirs. It was a promise to them by God. They took this promise and they remembered what it was because they rehearsed it. They rehearsed it, they rehearsed it. And when they came back, these two guys released the promise. And, and they, uh, in fact, I wanna read number, Numbers 13.30. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood there before Moses, let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. It wasn't how, and I think it was now. Why wait? It's ours. Every hand, everything is going to fall. It is ours. God said it was ours, and so you remember that. Um, uh, he was, one last thing here. God was handing them this. All the promises that we have for 2020 right now, all the promises, we need to rehearse them. We need to remember them. This is where we're going. We have a month. We're going to be there. Okay? We need to remember and rehearse them. And it's going to come a time in January when we start fasting. When we start fasting, that we need to make sure that we... Um, Release the promises. Speak them. 
This way, it won't be anything that I did or Jeff did or Paul, Pastor Paul did. It'll be all God because it will be out there and it will be something that none of us could have done. If God is believing for you for a house, if, if you're believing for a house and God has spoke that you're going to have a house, start taking pictures. What happened to the book? I remember these days that girls used to have these books and they would have all these pictures. Go by, start taking pictures with your phone. If God tells you that you're going to have a wife, start speaking you're going to have a wife. Release that. Okay? <laughs> but um, I wanted all you guys to know that tonight, though, that when they ended up doing all this, the very first thing we do when we release the promises, we need to get rid of, when we rehearse the promises, we need to get rid of our baggage, okay? Because this, can we say crap? Okay, uh, never mind, sorry, sorry. Um, that came out. We need, sorry, <laughs> we, need to, uh, we need to get rid of all this garbage. Sorry. And uh, this is not something that's going to be allowed in the promised land. This is something we all need to focus on. Many of you may not even know you have it. Think about it. You, this is not something we need to take with us. And we don't have to. That's the thing. We don't have to carry any of this. There is promises of God that every single one of these things we overcome. Then we don't have to think about it. So, if everyone you can, you bow your heads. Dear Lord, I ask you tonight, Lord, that you touch everyone in this room, Lord. Lord, all of us have baggage, Lord. Lord, we're getting ready to go into 2020, Lord, and, and we're going to lay this baggage down tonight, Lord. All the baggage, Lord. We know that you say we don't have to carry any of this. And Lord, after tonight, we're not going to carry this, Lord. We know what you have for us, Lord. We know the promises you've given us, Lord. We ask you all right now, Lord, that you touch our lives, Lord. Help us supernaturally remember these promises, Lord. Live these promises, Lord. We have 30 days before the new year, Lord. And we ask you to be with us, Lord. Touch our family, Lord. Let our families realize. Let us speak into their lives and give them that, Lord. Give them the promises. Tell them the promises. Touch people around us, Lord, that they don't have to live like that either, Lord. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well. It, uh, thank you very much. And